Hello, and welcome to the Two Dudes Hockey Podcast. I'm Wyatt, alongside... Ryan Palsiver. Ryan, we have a lot to talk about. No kidding. But first, I want to let you know something about myself personally. Do you, do you know what I love, Ryan? I don't know what you love. What do you love? I love technology. Is that true now? Sarcastically, yes. You see, listeners, we had, in our last episode, we had planned to make a follow-up episode to the Mistake Podcast. The Mistake Podcast was basically just saying, hey, we messed up. We should have posted sooner than we did, and we didn't. Well, we tried and tried to get our follow-up post to work, and it kept cutting out. Uh, you gotta love technology. So, here we are posting an entire series of hockey too late but it's okay ryan it's okay because we made it took us a little bit but here we are and man do we have some good hockey to talk about ryan should we just go ahead and announce it i think we should start with the most important event yeah i'd say we go ahead and we announce it the tampa bay lightning are stanley cup champions who would have thought a year ago that we'd be sitting here saying that? I know I sure didn't. I will second that motion, and even saying Tampa Bay and hockey champions in the same sentence just doesn't have a good taste in my mouth. But it's okay. I mean, they were also by far the better team out of the two of them, so I guess we can make an exception for their championship this time. Don't be fooled by the fact that this series went to six games because it was all. Tampa Bay. Yeah. It was fun to watch, though, at least. Dallas kept it entertaining, but on the other hand, they also got their rears handed to them in four out of six games. I mean, give it to what it is. Obviously, it can't be that much of a blow if they pulled off two wins, but one team was simply better than the other and used it to their advantage, and frankly, the Tampa Bay Lightning, I mean, are and were a better team, and they came out on top, just like the best team should. But, to be fair, rarely does. But also, they were without Steven Stamkos for a lot of that series. Well, let's not kid ourselves. They were without Steven Stamkos for that series, two minutes aside. <laughs> I I know the conversation revolves around should they or should they not trade Stamkos. I don't know how you trade Stamkos right now. I don't, I don't either. I don't think it's a bad move either. Like if they did it, I'd be like, yeah, perfectly fine move. But I also can't see them actually pulling the trigger on it. You know, the one game that he played in for his two minutes, that team was, you know, they throttled the Dallas Stars. Like every other game was, you know, close score. Stamkos comes in all of a sudden. It's not such a close score, but I'm sure it's not how Stamkos dreamed of a Stanley Cup, but. It's how we got a Stanley Cup. Well, let's face it. Uh, you played in an arena with no fans in it in Canada where maybe, what, what was it, uh, 16 teams had played before you in the same arena? I don't think anybody anticipated winning the Stanley Cup in that way. But I don't think you put an asterisk next to the Tampa Bay Lightning Champions banner just yet because – in fact, I would even go as bold to say that this might be the most earned 
Stanley Cup of all time. I agree with the no asterisk. I don't know that any cups are more earned than others, to be honest with you. I think, I think it's situational. Of, yeah, in certain ways it is, obviously. Because in on one hand, yes, they had to go through more teams, but they actually didn't because they weren't in the round. They were in the round robin. They didn't have to play in. So they basically faced up against 16 teams anyway, and they just battled for seeding. So as far as I'm concerned, Lightning only beat 16 teams. Obviously, for the most part, minus Stamkos, every team got a healthy start, which I think adds a lot to it. And there's a mental game that adds to it. I think the Stanley Cup is kind of just the same as the rest of them. Honestly, it's a deserved cup. There's no asterisk, but I don't know that it's special either. Well, Ryan, sit back, relax, kick your feet up, because I have a story for you. Story time. I'm excited. Let's hear what you got. Okay. This is the story of the time I've watched Game 5 for the 2020 Stanley Cup Finals with my dad. So I watched the game with my dad. This is a game that Dallas ended up winning. Me, I'm a Predators fan. I have a strong dislike towards Corey Perry. I've never met him as a person. He could be a chill dude. But I'm going to wave the doubt card on that because I'm a biased Predators fan. Hmm. Keep that in mind as the game goes on because it goes into overtime. And I could be wrong. Didn't it go into double overtime? Yes. Yes. And my dad, who I will say candidly I don't think he appreciates hockey to the extreme that I do now I don't know all the information of say a Ryan Pulsifer but I keep (laughs) up with the stats I keep up with with what's happening and I love to watch it my dad is watching with me and he's dozing off does not care and that's totally fine because that's just who he is. Now, he likes hockey and all, and I was glad to enjoy that game with him. But I'll wake him up because I am so frustrated with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I go, you know what, Corey Perry? I'm talking to you. I don't care if you score the game-winning goal. Just please let me and my dad go to sleep. One minute later, he scores the game-winning goal. Ask and you shall receive. Seek, and this is not what I wanted to find, but I guess we got it, so. That's my story. And honestly, game five was not my favorite of the six games. My favorite was game six because I feel I'm biased. Even when the Penguins won in 2017, it was still cool to me to watch all the players lift the cup. That's just, that's a magical moment for me as a sports fan to watch every single year. I look forward to it. And so my favorite was game six. What about you, Ryan? Well, admittedly, I actually didn't necessarily watch as much of this series as I intended to. (gasps) Um, Well, I've been so busy and well, my game five story is, you know, COVID let's, let's be real. COVID screwed us all over and group of my friends and I ended up planning a prom, you know, sort of like a community center sort of prom. And so I got, back to my buddy's place where I was spending the night just in time for the start of the second overtime and we were watching it and good overtime and I remember looking at my buddy and I went you know what this is going to go to the third overtime before this ends and he goes okay he goes I'm going to double down on your bet 
he goes, uh, it's going to be the last five minutes of double over or a triple overtime or the first two minutes. And there's no in between. And 60 seconds later, Corey Perry scored. Immediate jinxing. So I think I'm going to give it to that just for the reminder of my sheer ability to jinx teams in inconvenient moments. <laughs> and what capped off a pretty good night in general, minus that one statement that aged very poorly. I, I enjoyed game five too. It was, it was still back and forth, even though, you know, I still felt like Tampa was the better team. And who doesn't love double overtime hockey? Like, really? I think Tampa was kind of tired of it, but I don't think they care considering they won. I'm pretty sure they got tired of overtime hockey after they played eight periods in a game. They were done with it then. That was still game of the playoffs, all right? That was two games of the playoffs. Who are you kidding? <laughs> Well, children, if you're listening, know that this is exactly why you should not gamble. Thank you, Ryan, for teaching us an important lesson. Or just figure out what I'm going to say and say the opposite. That's your other option. Although, I guess on this podcast, I, I did call Dallas beating Vegas. And on the episode we recorded, I did call Tampa beating Dallas. But there's no proof of that latter prediction. So I guess that's only as good as my word. And yeah, speaking of, I also predicted Tampa Bay to win. And yeah, absolutely. That's right now. I, I got to confess, I had Dallas winning. I-, I thought it was a dream team. Not in a star-studded athleticism, star stars everywhere you look name. Th- this Dallas team is kind of average. But I felt they had a story to them. And I felt that they they beat arguably the best teams in the Western Conference. And I really thought this was their chance to win it all. And it wasn't. You were right. It was Tampa Bay's story. It was their book. They took the momentum they had. They ran with it. And I'm more than happy they won because I personally dislike Dallas. I wouldn't have been too upset if they won, but I'm not a big fan of them either. So I'm I'm just happy that I was entertained. And I'm happy that... Tampa Bay won, and Bolts fans could be happy. I'm happy for you if you're listening. It was just an all-round good playoffs, and it's what I'm going to remember forever. Yeah, and I mean, it was it was like the Capitals. And we discussed this on the podcast. It didn't make it to air, but it was the same energy, you know? Capitals beat those Penguins. The Lightning beat the Blue Jackets. Who know? Maybe they don't have the history the history of beating down Tampa Bay the way the Penguins did to the Capitals, but they had the sheer shock value that the Penguins could never hope to have. And everything that happened last year, and I'm sure Tampa fans are going, shut up about last year, we won the Cup. But trust me, you you won the Cup, you can suffer a little more. And <laughs> you know, they, they beat their boogeyman, and then after that, it was like, who's, who's really going to stand in this team's way? <laughs> like, nobody. Bruins, pfft. Throw them aside, who cares? Last year's cup finalists, they're no problem. Islanders, who seemed like a dream team of nobodies, who cares, thrown aside again. And then Dallas, the team of goods but not greats, Mm, don't care, threw them aside. I I think once they got past Columbus, they had all the confidence in the world that they needed to get through, and their team is so much better than everyone else's team. I mean, they've, they've been the best team in hockey for the past three years now. 
they just haven't had the Stanley Cups to show for it. Now they do. You know, to our listeners that are hearing this and you're wondering, man, they're talking a lot about the actual hockey games. Well, yeah, we're a hockey podcast. We're going to talk about the hockey games that happen. But we're heading into uncharted territory for this podcast, the off season. But I want our Ooh. fans to know. Yeah, go ahead, gas. Be scared. But I want our fans to know that we will be with it every step of the way. Maybe not as consistently as we would like because we both are very busy people. But we try to get our content out for y'all's enjoyment. We got the draft coming up. We got trades. We're going to have trade deadline when next season starts. However, they're going to decide to do that. However, they're going to decide to do the next season. We will be there for it all. And we thank you all for being with us. That in mind, Ryan, do you think maybe it's time to take a step outside of the actual gameplay of hockey? Uh, Before we do that, there's one thing we didn't cover. And it's been a bit of a hot button issue. And I guess you could argue that it's not exactly the hockey. But my question for you before we move on. Who deserved Conn Smythe? I honestly think it was Hedman. I'm sorry. I really do. I I completely agree with you. I 100% agree with you, and I was saying it from the moment they got to the finals. It had to be Hedman. You're going to take, yeah, you're going to take the Norris Trophy away from him. And I, I am a Predators fan. I think it, it was a coin flip between Yossi and Hedman. I'm glad Yossi won it because I'm a Preds fan, but it was a coin flip. I think you got to give it to Hedman. The mentality is a team without Stamkos, and they're still dominating. It's being led by Hedman, who will hopefully just blow up as far as like popularity and superstar value goes. I, I don't see how you can't give it to Hedman, but there are other arguments. So, Ryan, take it away. I think what we have to understand is you have to remember Victor Hedman's a defenseman. And a defenseman versus Braden Point and Andre Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky was never winning it. I know he got, he was the only other player to get a vote. You know, Braden Point is playing in a position of strength for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and he is an incredible player. Make no mistake. There's a reason that this was the closest Conn Smythe voting in NHL history, because he was remarkable. But for Hedman to man the defense and to still, you know, I believe he was third all time in playoff goals by a defenseman in a single year or something like that. Like that's not something that you get every single year. I think when you look, when you look at the way he played, it almost rivals what Eric Carlson did for the senators back in 2017. He was that level of defenseman. Mind you, he didn't do it with a, I believe it was an Achilles that Carlson had or something. He had some devastating injury, but still like the level that had been played on, he is the best defenseman in the league, and it's by a sizable margin. Yossi's second, and you can put whoever you want third. I do not care. Victor Hedman is the best defenseman in the league. Uh, you know, a lot of people are going, oh, but he has uh, you know, Ryan McDonough and Mikhail Sergachev. Mikhail Sergachev isn't a good defenseman. He's a good offensive defenseman, but he's not a great defender. Okay, who else you got? You got Shen, uh, Zach Bogosian, uh, Jan Rutta, and I think Eric Cernak. Not bad, but, you know, you look at points, Mary band of murderers of, you know, Kucherov, Palat, Johnson, Yanni Gord, Anthony Sorelli. You know, Hedman had to keep that core going and he did it. And I think he deserved a win. I'm going to have to disagree. 
on which part? I agree that he should have won the Conn Smythe, and he did, and I'm glad he won. And I do believe it was a coin flip between Yossi and Norris, uh, Yossi and Hedman for the Norris Trophy, excuse me. If you're going to look at what players have been able to do this season in regards to being the best defenseman overall, and yes, I know what the Norris Trophy means. It means best defenseman. Cool. It doesn't always work out that way because of the voting. So I'm going to speak freely about who I think the best defenseman is rather than just tying it to a trophy. Okay? That's a good move. I think it's Yossi. And I understand the bias. I understand <laughs> the bias. Let me explain. Yossi played with who else on that Nashville Predators team? Ryan Ellis, Matthias Eckholm. Anyone else? Any, anyone have noticed anybody making any sort of headlines? I'll, I'll let you know one other person you play with, Dan Hamhuse. I'll let you know why I know that. He retired. I he didn't was, even know he was still in the league. <laughs> yes, he was. They, we, he actually, I think he retired earlier than we signed him back. And he has played, I'm not going to say horrible, but I'm definitely go- not going to say good. I think okay is a stretch. Below average. Below average. Okay. This is what Roman Yossi has had to put up with for an entire season. Of course, he's going to put lights out stats when he's the best playmaker on your team. On the flip argument of that, he's the best player on their team. And he's stepping up, he's executing, and he's the captain of a team he is obviously leading because they don't have Shea Weber or P.K. Subban anymore. I think you've got to give best defenseman to Yossi for what he's had to deal with. But if you're going to look at skills and making opportunities to score goals especially, I give that to Hedman any day. And I'm so glad to see he won the Conn Smythe. I hope he continues to be a better and better defenseman as the years go by. He is a very dangerous player. All the respect to Hedman. Maybe it is my bias, edging it out on Yossi a little bit here. But I still hold hold to my statement when I say I think Yossi's a better defenseman. I I get that. But I don't entirely subscribe to that argument in any position other than goaltending. You know, I get it. He is he is the best player in Nashville. That is beyond a debate. Forsberg's good. He's not Yossi. You can only be the best player you can be on the team that you're on. And the Lightning defensively aren't really that strong. Again, McDonough's a great defender. Uh, actually, he's been underratedly good. I believe he was injured for game six, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm, he's a good defenseman. But that rest of that core isn't necessarily that strong. And, you know, you look at a player. Give another example. You take up Gunny Malkin and you compare him to, let's say... Dylan Larkin, who's probably the best player on the Detroit Red Wings. Malkin's a better player. And just because Larkin leads the Red Wings doesn't necessarily subscribe to he's the better player. It can. It most certainly can. And I think it makes Yossi a far more valuable player than Hedman. But I don't necessarily know that that argument makes him the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. uh, Maybe. Because 
I understand you want to say that the skill of Hedman may not match up to Yossi because of how the opportunities are laid out and just by comparing it to other players. I get it. Maybe I should just shut up and let my bias do the talking because Nashville, look at who they were. When did Roman Yossi have his breakout Norse Trophy winning seasons? Was it the year they went to the Stanley Cup Finals? No. Was it the year they won the President's Trophy? No. Was it the year they got beaten in four games by the Arizona Coyotes? That's right. The Dirt Eaters in Arizona beat a team with the Norris Trophy winner on it. I see Dirt Eaters, that's a, that's a harsh one. I'm sorry. I may be a little salty. But what else are they going to eat out there? It's Arizona. Uh, playoff wins, apparently. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, here, I need to go find myself a nice wall to walk into. Uh, you got any in mind? Uh, I'm sure there's some around your house you can locate there. Or, uh, I'd say go to Bridge uh, Bridgewater Arena or whatever it's called, but uh, they're closed for the summer. And I'm hey, aware that all, joke, all of them are closed this summer now. I was saying, right? I'm aware that that joke only half works, but everyone knows what I meant, and it's okay. <laughs> oh, you got me there. Good job, Pulsey. <laughs> all right. Now that we're a little over 20 minutes into the podcast, I do. You know, I'd love to talk about hockey games all day. We got a lot of other news to talk about. I know there's some stuff with Pittsburgh you've been itching to talk about. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say slow your roll on that one. We gotta talk about a trade from Carolina and Montreal. And I know you have what I would consider a bold take on this. So Joel Edmondson. Go ahead. Well, firstly, a noted Stanley Cup champion with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, this is a bit of an older trade. We talked about this in the episode that did not make it to air. But we're just gonna we're not gonna talk about this one for too long because it's a bit of old news. But Edmondson's rights were traded to the Canadian in exchange for a fifth round pick, and then Edmondson locked in a four year deal making four and a half million dollars, which is a lot of money. And I guess I'll get started with you because you know we'll get to what I think in a minute. But how how did you feel about that deal? Upon hearing it, and for those who don't know the situation I'm in, it is very hard for me to reach these hockey news outlets right now just because of the circumstances I'm under. So I've been having to have uh, frequent contacts with Ryan about what's going on and trying to form my opinions without actually being able to look it up necessarily. So that's the situation I'm in. So forgive me, my opinion isn't as well informed as you would like it to be. I hate it. I think how else how you really feel. <laughs> okay. Carolina. Carolina's my second favorite team in the league. Um I I started rooting for them when they went through the whole bunch of jerks phase. I just caught I caught up to that bandwagon and they went from a team and a franchise with some of the worst attendance, the worst, you know, at game feel that you could ever dream about in a hockey arena. One of the worst to one of the best, and by far at that. You have a loaded team. You have a lot of good defensemen. I think you can afford to make this trade. 
Not to mention, they didn't trade away for his right. They trade away his rights. And Montreal gets to write up a new script, a new paycheck for Edmondson. They pay him four and a half million dollars a year. If you're the Montreal Canadiens, I hate it. We talked about this before. I don't like what the Canadians are doing. Now, I understand you disagree. You see hope. And I can see your point when you say that. you got to think a little bit more conservative, uh, conservative if you're Montreal. You can't afford to be spending $4.5 million on players that were once proven. But now you're putting them into a new environment. They're not a superstar name. They don't have that. They're not. Okay, it's not like they're trading Sebastian Ajo, where you can put him anywhere and he'll play decent. You're trading someone who has to learn a new routine, a new team, new game plans. And you're paying him $4.5 million at that. It doesn't make any sense to me. I hate it. Uh, I need to make a correction. I was mistaken. It's actually three and a half million a year, which is not actually as bad as I thought it was. So it's three and a half for four years, not four and a half. I just had to double check that. I, I felt like it was wrong, and it was. Okay, but well I feel like Ryan, most of your points probably stand still, though. My point, I still, I will say I dislike it. I dislike it. I'll say that. I'm glad it's not four and a half million. That makes me feel better. Thank you for informing me of that. Yeah, so that's my mistake on that one. Go ahead, Ryan. My opinions have actually changed on this a little bit. Not because of any particular reason other than there's no room for Joel Edmondson. Look, I think Joel Edmondson has a lot of potential. He was a part of the best um, defense in the entire league. While Jake Gardner, who was on that defense, wasn't actually that great. So... To his credit, I think he's got a lot of potential. I think he's a good physical defenseman who could play well. He's young. He's got Stanley Cup experience. In theory, there's nothing wrong with this move. But they just don't have room for him. Like, you look at the defensive core. Who are you pushing out for this? You know, is it Ben Chariot? I don't think so. Is it Victor Mete? Because that's who seems like the odd man out is. And if you're trading Victor Mete, I mean, the, the kid's 22 and has been playing two years in top four, top four minutes. Like, it's almost, for a fifth-round pick, it's great value. Like, without a question. I have no issue with the value of this move. Agreed. I'm just, the more I think about it, I'm a little nervous about, you know, what are you going to do here with your young, not star defenseman by any means, but your young, above-average defenseman who only has room to grow. I think if you were going to go after anyone as a rental, would I would almost much rather go with a forward, because you also have to consider uh, Alexander Romanov is about to make his way over, and if you're going, oh, well, he can replace Jeff Petrie. Well, Jeff Petrie just got a nice four-year contract, so that's <laughs> not going to happen. So... Where is where is the spot coming from here? I, I it's not a bad move by Bergevin, but it's a little bit a little bit worrying to be honest. And I hope they don't trade Mete because I don't think that's a trade that they can win. But I I don't know what the alternative is right now. I really don't. Uh, the last name of the player you said 
you worry about them trading? Mete. One more time. Mete. 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 Oh, oh, yeah. We're on the same page. I, I, I was like, who are you talking? Mete, yeah. <laughs> okay. Now we're cooking with gas. Okay. I agree with everything you just said. I don't think there's enough room for him. I even in the cap, I don't necessarily know if that's the best move financially. I don't I know it's three and a half now, not four and a half, but still it brings up some questions. And to your point, they're gonna have to move someone out. What is that gonna do to a hockey team? You have a young guy like Matei. He has shown a lot of promise, and I think you put him anywhere else and he can turn into a really good, a decent player at least. I think this hurts the team chemistry. And I know Montreal fans don't necessarily care about that because they have such an ecstatic fan base that from a fan point of view, you're more worried about the actual value of these trades than you are like how the players play with each other. So what I want to see Montreal do with this is I want to see their coaches really dig into this roster. And I want to see them figure out plays that really work best for the players and work best that you know, they don't make the coaches scratch their heads and go, well, what are y'all doing? I want to see them come out, work together as a team. And I don't know if we're going to see Montreal be able to pull this off with these type of trades going on. Granted, it's very early before the next season. There's plenty of time for chemistry and things like that to build. And it's nowhere near the chemistry issues that you're seeing in Pittsburgh right now. Oh, boy. Don't even give me – we're not there yet, I don't think. we still got room to go on that one. But, but honestly, I don't like the move. And I really hope the best for Montreal. I really do. I, I, I think it'd be cool to see a team win a – 20, was it 7th Stanley Cup? Yeah, 25th? If it's above 20, it's too many. (laughs) Everyone wants us in the 90s, though, so I guess it's their time as much as anyone. Oh, sure, sure. Absolutely. I'll give them that credit. So that's my take on it, and I do wish them the best. Uh, Ryan, do you have anything to pick back based off that, or do you want to move on to something else? I'm not too worried about the chemistry. Uh... You know, you're an NHL team. You deal with the chemistries. You deal with the trades happen. I'm just worried about the young players. I'm worried about, you know, don't trade away a 22 or 23-year-old because you've got a 29-year-old who is a similar level of skill. Unless you can get something real good back from Mete, maybe you package him with a Max Domi, and you go, hey, Winnipeg, a nice Patrick Line you've got there. Maybe that works. We forgot to mention that in our prep talk, but yeah, we got to talk about that. We want to just hop into Patrick. I mean, there's not too much to talk about in line A rumors. It's all just been kind of the same. It could happen. Just need defense sort of conversation. I don't necessarily know that anything's going to come out of that move, to be honest with you. I don't know if he gets, I don't, I don't see him getting traded right now, but I mean, you never know. I think, Putting Line A on the training block is like the Chiefs of Kansas City putting Patrick Mahomes on the training block. Your best player makes a lot of noise in your area, and obviously he's nowhere near the caliber of Mahomes you know, by individual field. He's nowhere near the best player in the league, honestly. 
What is the best player on your team? He is uh, Wheeler. Uh, Line A. I think Wheeler. I, I'm not saying for sure who's the best, but I, I take Wheeler on my team over Line A, to be honest with you. Maybe same with Connor. That's an interesting take. I disagree. I. Okay. I want well, a player, I want a player who this. plays. Okay. We could put skill arguments. Put those in a box, save them for another day. I will win. But I'm joking. Everyone knows <laughs> you're probably going to win. But if you're going to look at popularity, money talks. What jerseys are young Winnipeg fans buying? I don't see point. too many. I don't see too many buying Wheeler or or Connor. I see them buying Line. I don't know if I'd say not too many, but uh, Line is off. He's the he's the young seller, of course. But I mean, you could easily market, you know, Kyle Connor or Nikolai Ehlers if you had to. Regardless, this is your young guy. This is a guy who was was he was he wasn't a cover of NHL uh, twenty. What am I thinking? But he, <laughs> I saw a lot of mock-ups for him to be like a cover of the EA Sports NHL game. This guy is on headlines. He's talked about NHL Network a lot when you're considering Winnipeg, especially right now with all these trade rumors. I do agree with you, though. I think a lot of it's just talk. I don't think you trade him away, and I kind of think a little bit of that might just be a publicity reach. I don't know if... uh questionable stability in your organization is quite how you get publicity, but I don't <laughs> I, I think trading line A might not be the wrong move. I Ooh. It's just making sure you win the trade. You know what I mean? How do you... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about it from the other perspective. I was like, how do you not win the trade if you get line A? And then I was like, wait a minute. Well, that's the, that's the Winnipeg Jets goals to make you ask that question. <laughs> I don't know. I... I'm not that high on Patrick Line as a player. I need a player who plays 82 games, not like 40. How many times do we hear about a Line A drought? But I mean, I think you put him with the right guy and you're you're cooking. It's just who's the right guy? You know, is it in Winnipeg and why does he disappear? But again, I I just don't see a trade where the Jets walk out as winners. So I keep him. Unless it's like a one for one swap for uh Seth Jones type maybe or Zach Wierenski? I think you stay away from them. I don't know. I don't know if either of those two players in Columbus are worth trading them to Winnipeg in exchange for Line A because to your point, Line A is that superstar player. He's the face of Winnipeg, arguably. But he does go into slips. You want a guy, I think you word it perfectly, you want a guy who can play 82 games, not 40. Where's Line A been? Because there are times he is hot, and there are times he is not. And this past season, for a team that that didn't even make it into, what, round one of the playoffs, were they in the play-ins even? I can't yes. remember. Okay, they, they were lost, in the play-ins. They lost to Calgary. Right, right, right. It's just frustrating if you're a Winnipeg fan, to know that this is your star player you're talking about and you're offering to trade him to other teams 
whether you're serious about it or not. I still think it could be publicity, but you made a good point with how's that going to sit well with the team. I'm going to put a giant question mark above this issue, and I'm going to have to say, we'll wait and see. I, I don't see it happening, especially when you look at this year was probably his best year in the pros. Uh, at the end of the day, he had 63 points in 68 games, obviously the shortened season. He would have topped his career high of 70. Uh, interestingly enough, the first year where he had more assists than goals, but I mean, last year, 50 points in 82 games and a minus 24. Like that's, you, you need more than that. But again, how do you trade a guy who was five points below point per game and walk away with a return you're happy with? When he's 22, you don't. I think the trade opportunity that might be suitable for Winnipeg would have been, you know, a very high end draft pick. And I don't know if you're going to get that in this year's draft, which is really good. We're we're going to have to talk about the draft uh, maybe in a couple episodes or so. Uh, draft is October 6th through 7th, by the way, for those of you listening. I know we're both anxiously awaiting that. I'm going to make a move that you're not going to like, but we got to do it, Ryan. Hold on. I want to I want to throw one more idea out first before I know what you're about to do. Let me have my fun for one second. Patrick Line for Alexi Lafreniere. The trade is one for one. Who Who wins that trade? Uh, I don't see Line working in New York. You don't see him working with Artemi Panarin? I see it. Uh, I, I think Panarin's slightly, just ever so slightly overrated. Barely. Interesting I, take. It's interesting to watch how Line's developed in Winnipeg. And now you're going to send him all the way across the continent to New York. Now, not north-south, but east-west speaking. Okay. It's, it's an interesting situation you've made me think about. Because I don't know how you say his last name, but Alexis, he's going to be a star no matter where you put him. If you give him the right tools, if you give him a good game plan, he's an athlete. He will take off. I look forward to seeing where he goes. I can't wait for him to be the official number one pick by the Rangers. Or whoever they trade his rights to. Who knows? We've seen crazier happen. We have seen crazier happen. <clears throat> Gretzky. <clears throat> Anyways, I, I see this as a win for Winnipeg, actually. I agree with that. No, I definitely agree with that. On the other hand, if you're New York, don't do it. Yeah. But on things I don't agree with, go ahead, segue us in. Let let my anger return. Oh, I've been keeping up with this story. Of all the stories I've not been able to keep up with since the time that we talked last, this I have kept up with. And I've anxiously awaited your response on the podcast for this. I'll be calling this segment, Why You So Stupid? You ready? I'm ready. Pittsburgh Penguins, Why You So Stupid? 
asking a player with a no-trade clause to go to one of the most irrelevant teams in the league. By the way, he's very old. His name is Hornquist. Patrick Hornquist, you ever heard of him? Yeah, he, he's, he was a good player. He's not that good a player anymore. And you're going to trade him for two actually decent talents down in Florida. It makes no sense to me. I think if you're the management up in Pittsburgh, now I just got one question for you. Why you so stupid, Ryan, take it off? The sarcasm and what you just said hurt me so badly. Okay, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to divide this into two segments because I actually don't entirely disagree with this trade. Bullcrap. No, hear me out. Uh, you are I, making excuses because you are on. a sad, lonely, depressed little penguins fan. Hold on. There are two sides to this. You got to let me get through, okay? Maybe. I have been saying for the entire offseason the Pittsburgh Penguins need to trade Patrick Hornquist. He is a 33 year old player making $5.3 million for the next several years. He plays a physical game and that declines quickly. I have been petitioning for him to be moved for this entire offseason. Okay, so me and Rutherford agree on that. He recognized that and he made a move. He acquired a youngish defenseman. I don't mind that either. Where my problems begin with this trade is the specifics of this young defenseman. Michael Matheson, who is at best a borderline NHLer, making, who am I, I'm just going to go with it. He's Jack Johnson. He's Jack Johnson, but younger and a little bit better. And at least he's well, better. I yeah, but he also makes much more money. So we make fun of Jack Johnson a lot. So all deserved. I don't necessarily hate the process that Jim Rutherford took to get to this trade. I don't hate the mindset. I don't hate the thought process. Why in God's name did you settle on Michael Matheson? Like, what about him? Like. Was it because I mean, you look at it this way too. The three Albatross defensive contracts that he acquired was Jack Johnson, who he signed, and we know how he's been, Erica Branson, who I actually really liked in Pittsburgh, and now Michael Matson. They're all pretty big, burly defensemen on a team that has won Stanley Cups on speed and skill. So immediately you've identified the wrong issue here. You're, for whatever reason, going off of something that has nothing to do with your team. And, you know, Michael Matheson, he's young enough that this could be turned around. This isn't necessarily a Jack Johnson situation where there's no chance of improvement and everything's going to suck and everyone knows that it's going to suck. Theoretically, Michael Matheson could turn it around. But how do you take, you know, one of your heart and soul players and turn him into one of the worst contracts in the league? Like that's what I don't understand, and then and, and then trade him on a no trade clause. I, I don't mind that they asked him to waive it. Whatever. Um, obviously, there was the whole miscommunication, and that's where my bigger issue begins. So the trade gets waived, and I'm like, oh, thank goodness, we don't have to deal with Mike Matheson and his four point eight seven five million dollar cap hit until 2026. And then they say, oh, the trade's canceled entirely. The next day. They make the same trade, but all of a sudden, Colton Skevier is on the trade now? Okay, fine. And the people are going, okay, well, maybe Colton Skevier is decent. Maybe he could be a useful depth forward. Uh, maybe? 
The problem with Colton Skibier is he makes money. And a trade that was made entirely to boost cap space has cost you cap space. You're not making, you're not saving money here. You are losing money on this contract. You know, there was talks of them going after Chris Tanev, who I was very excited to get our hands on. I, I'm a big fan of Chris Tanev. And that was part of the trade for me. Okay, you get rid of, uh, you get rid of Hornquist and you get or, uh, Chris Tanev. All right, that's a good trade. But instead, you choose to go after a significantly worse product when you're in a win-now mode? That doesn't financially help you either. Yeah, it makes you significantly worse financially. Because instead of gaining money, you've lost money. You've gotten a worse product on the field. And I mean, Colton Sevier wasn't bad last year. 69 games, 6 goals, 10 assists, 16 points. uh, 6 penalty minutes if you care about that, plus 2. Nothing to write home about. Uh, Career high in points is 26 back in 2014-15 with Dallas. There's not much here. He's 31 years old. He's not getting any better. Makes 1.2. Wait, he makes 1.2. I didn't even know he made that much money. Oh my god. <laughs> he makes 1.2 million dollars. Like this guy is not better than your Dominic Simones or your, you know, whatever depth piece you want to use. Zach Aston Reese. I'm not even sure if this guy cracks the line. So why are you trading a valuable trade chip? for two question marks and if they had have said hey we traded Hornquist for a second round pick I go awesome great thank you perfect that is an awesome trade cap space Hornquist gone cap space Chris Tanner but no you've lost cap space now you now they're trying to trade Jack Johnson all of a sudden like a little bit late here guys and <laughs> yet again I don't know what this team's doing why don't why don't you go hey Here's Hornquist and Jack Johnson. Just keep them. Just, you know, same thing with the uh, Mark Stahl trade. Just, just keep them. They're both yours for free. I'd, I'd be okay with that. That's what, like nine million of cap space. I'm okay with that. But no, instead we have now, you know, gained cap space into borderline NHL player. It, it's frustrating. But I will give him the credit of at least I know what he was doing, and that's a point. Yeah, you know what he was doing. Doesn't change the fact that it was still stupid. Yes, but again, he was also closer than, say, you know, giving up a first-round pick and a second-round recently drafted pick for a third-line forward who you traded away already. Better than having Jack Johnson on your team. You know, at least if we can see some signs of life here, I'll feel better. And this might be a sign of life. I, I haven't figured it out yet, but awful trade. Hopefully reading between the lines gives us some promise for the future. You know, it's interesting. These GMs, if the trade doesn't work by performance, then they're idiots. If it works well, they're geniuses. I don't see any situation where Rutherford here is a genius. I don't. Again, I can see Matheson being decent for the Penguins. Uh, You know, Florida has been a mess of changing directions. Matheson is 26. He's got uh, 299 games in the regular season on the dot. You know, last, or not like 
2018-19 was a particularly bad season in terms of certain stats, but he's a 20-point defenseman. That's not bad. 20 points in 59 games this past season. That's not bad. I mean, there's certainly there's certainly a foundation to work with here. I think this trade would be great if it wasn't for the contract. I really do. I think if, if he's making $2 million a year next year and then whatever, I don't think this is a bad trade. But he's Jack Johnson, but slightly better. And that's where the problem with this move is. I still morally, you know, the Predators had Horn- Hornquist for a while. They drafted him, actually. What was it, 07? They drafted him, 06, 07? 05. They drafted 05. him... He was the last overall pick in the same draft where Crosby was the first overall pick. Which is quite ironic when you think about it. You know, they're both Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl. Super Bowl. <laughs> they're both Stanley Cup champions on the same team against the Nashville Predators. Um, as a Predators fan, even, it's sad to see someone who supposedly was blindsided by this. I don't necessarily know if I'd go as far to say he was because you sign a monster contract with a team that honestly doesn't necessarily have all the tools to handle a contract like that because of other talents you have. And you're not that great a performing player. Now, you're a good player. He's a good player. But he's not Crosby. And his contract should not be Crosby's. And it's not, to be fair. It, oh, it's not. <laughs> oh, we we know it's not, but it shouldn't necessarily also put your franchise in a tough situation financially. I think a lot of people saw this coming, and I know Pittsburgh loves this guy. They love him, and they're going to miss him. And I feel for you, this had to happen. No, again, I love Hornquist as a player, but I again, I was petitioning for the trade. Because I knew, as great of a player as he is, Cap could have been better spent elsewhere. Will it be? Eh, probably not. <laughs> but this could be That's similar. That's on you, Rutherford. To, this could be a James Neal situation. You know, the way this guy plays his game, he could, he could be bad next year. He really could. You know, he's missed time in the last uh, four seasons. He's not played more than seventy games since. Last time he played a full season was 2015-16. Since then, 70 games, 70 games, 69 games, 52 this year. But that's still about 18 games missed because, you know, short of the season. He's missed a lot of time over the last few years. He has 770 games under his belt. I mean, the way he plays the game, he could decline and hard. I think that's the idea that Rutherford could look like a genius, on the back of Hornquist might not be able to play anymore. He just might not be good. He could go the way of Andrew Lapp. In exchange for a horrible cap hit and players that may not necessarily boom either. I don't know if I'd go as far to say a genius, but as far as a trade that needed to happen. Again, I think you, who knows? Matheson could come out and surprise us all. He could also very not. I'm trying yeah, to be that, optimistic. That, that's your Matheson. penguin's hope right there, buddy. Yeah, I. the more I look into him, the more I'm a little less scared of him because before I was just under the impression he was a useless pylon, but now I can at least say he's got some skill to him. He's got some talent that I actually wasn't sure he had before. So there's something there as opposed to absolutely nothing. But again, Horn, I mean, Hornquist could be 
borderline AHL fodder by the end of next year. You know, sometimes that's what happens to your body. And there's not always anything you can do about it. You know, I'm going to have to stray away from this for just a second. All right. You mentioned James Neal earlier, but did you know I actually have a bold take about James Neal? Okay. I'm curious where this is going. I predict James Neal will be the first NHL player to ever play on 32 different NHL teams. I can't tell if this is sarcastic or not. I really can't. It's sarcastic, but <laughs> if you scared me for a minute. If there's any player in this league you had to look at and say, yeah, he could be traded 31 times. I'll, I would it, have to pick James New. I don't know if anyone's going to do it. Lee Stemniak's going to come out of retirement and he's going to take the crown for himself. So is Yager, maybe, but he's not necessarily going to be traded as much as he is going to drop and sign. Yeah, they'll just keep bringing him in for one game just to get it all done. <laughs> it's the farewell tour. The never-ending one. That haunts hockey fans and their nightmares. What do you mean haunts? We want this. You don't want this because during quarantine, when I was reading more about him and some of the teams he played with, I had a dream that I had his hair. Then woke up with my long hair because it's quarantine. It started freaking out. It was kind of creepy, actually. (laughs) I have no idea what to do with what I just heard. Well, you know what? We should probably throw back in the trash can and get back, to, get back to Pittsburgh unless you didn't have anything else to continue with that, in which case I'll bring up our next topic. Uh, quick thing. Uh, Lee Stepniak has 11 teams to his name so far, so his uh, his retirement tour wouldn't actually need that much. Uh, other than the, for the Penguins, I think, I'm, I think that's really all there is to say. It's a trade where the more I look into it, the more I'm a little less sad. I still don't think it's a good trade. Don't get me wrong. But there is potential here. I think there's something that could be made out of this. Uh, Rutherford had the right idea this time. I have more hope than I did after the Kapanen trade. So, I mean, I guess that counts for something. Maybe. Hopefully. Eh, I have no idea. I, I don't think this is quite as bad as people make it out to be. But it's still pretty bad. Oh. Uh... The excuse of every fan who just did, whose team just did something horrible. It's bad, but it's not that bad. Well, we'll have to wait and see. 26, there's, uh, there's still a chance. Maybe this is my blind optimism, but. I don't know. You got a little bit of hope with Matheson. I'll admit, he's not terrible. He's not good, but he's not terrible. I think. I mean. If- if there's a team in that division who can develop him, I think it could be Pittsburgh or Washington. You know what? If you put up 20 points as a defenseman on a fairly regular basis, you've got some value. While so, playing on Florida? While playing on Florida. I mean, Keith Yandel, though. So I, I guess he's got a little help in that regard. But I mean, you know, there's certainly some value to him. He's not Jack Johnson where he offers us nothing. He brings something to the table, and hopefully he can bring more to the table. If we aren't careful, Jack Johnson's going to turn to the meme of this podcast. 
he will be the meme until he deserves not to be the meme. So he will be the meme. <laughs> oh, goodness, chill, bro. When our podcast finally blows up big time, he's going to like figure out this podcast and come and sue us both for everything we have. The moment Jack Johnson discovers this podcast exists, I want him on the podcast. So Purely can... because I think it would be funny. Let's roast him to his face. I, I want to tell him like a man. <laughs> We're tough sitting here behind our phones trying to figure out technology while having about seven listeners an episode on various platforms. By the way, we're on Apple Music, Spotify, as well as many other platforms. If you'd like to check us out, we're too talky. Anyways, yeah. Let's <laughs> tell to his face. Uh, he'd also still skate circles around me, so he, he's got that going for him, too. Wait, 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 y'all can skate? No, not really. That's probably why you do it. <laughs> I, I would just sit there until I fell in the ice. I would just wait till spring rolls around, just fall in the ice. And that, that's me. I could not skate whatsoever. It's like uh, it's like when you're playing NHL 20 and you just hit the poke check button the entire time. That would just be me. I just, I'm just poking the stick out. <laughs> Eventually, I'll get it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I love that comparison. And, you know, it, may, it just cracks me up that we're we're literally just two dudes. I mean, the name fits us perfectly. We're just two dudes who know better than all the other professionals and athletes out there, giving our content to people who have nothing else to do with their life but listen to an awesome podcast, Two Dudes Hockey. And I mean, you say we're no better. In often cases, we're probably significantly worse. Well, I don't I, know, I, because when there's a will, there's a way. I don't know. You made a Super Bowl claim today, so, I mean, I don't see Bob McKenzie dropping uh, Nikita Kucherov Super Bowl pictures. Well, who knows? Maybe Zach Bogosian could pull it off. But Moving on. All right. <laughs> this is a doozy. Well, actually, it could be a doozy. You got to make it one. Ryan? Yes? We got to start talking now. Who's winning the cup next year? Oh, is this our way too early prediction? Our way too early predictions. We are recording on September 29th around 1030 Central Time. Ryan? Who's going to win the 2021 Stanley Cup if there's going to be a season? Wow, you're uh, really going to put me on the spot here, aren't you? Uh, That is kind of my job. Uh, You're the knowledge (laughs) and I'm the entertainment. Definitely not the other way around. Oh, believe me, there will be no knowledge used in this prediction. Uh, Good, because I'm not very entertaining. (laughs) I'm going to call... A Tampa Bay Lightning repeat. Tampa Bay Lightning are going to defeat the Colorado Avalanche in six games and win the 2021 Stanley Cup, assuming it happens. Whoa! Ryan. Um, Yes. You don't know what you just did. I know what I just did. I just jinxed the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's what I just did. No, dude. You have no clue what you just did. I even wrote this down on paper. What did you write down? 
Tampa Bay repeat. Oh my! <laughs> Un- See, we didn't even like. Talk- I didn't even know this was going to be a question, and here no, no, we no. are. I, I saved this so I could get your honest opinion on it. I don't. I, I don't know, man. I just have a feeling it's going to be Tampa. I don't think they're going to lose as much as people think they're going to lose in terms of assets in the off season. And shoot, they're the best roster in hockey. I don't know. You know, people went, oh, you can't pick them for years, but you can pick them this year. If I'm going, I'm going to also go out and make a completely outlandish, like, bold take claim, okay? Okay. If I had to pick a wild card team to win the Stanley Cup, the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, you're, wild so, you're so full of crap right now. So I debated, full I was between... Crap. It's between them and the Arizona Coyotes as my bold pick. Get out. Get out bold, right now. You did not teams. just mention the Arizona Coyotes <laughs> on this podcast. Get out right now. Bold, you are, you are banned teams. from two dudes. It is now one dude hockey <laughs> podcast. Get out right now. Both teams have goaltending that has shown it can be elite. Both teams have incredible young pieces. Barrett Hayden's going to be very good for the Coyotes. You know, you got Romanov, you got Cole Caulfield for the Canadians. I'm higher on the Canadians than I am the Coyotes for sure. I I just knew the Coyotes would piss you off a little bit, but I do think they could do it. But no, the Canadians are my pick. They have so much young talent, great goaltending, good defense core, great offensive young pieces. They are my bold pick to win the Stanley Cup. But your actual take is Tampa. Yes, my... Most likely take is Tampa. My, hey, if any stupid team's going to do it that you're not going to predict, it'd be Montreal. This is an interesting thing, but I'll go ahead and make one of those predictions as well. And by the way, I never told you who I thought Tampa was going to beat, but I actually don't know. I really <laughs> just haven't been able to think that far. I've thought about who I think they're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, but I've not thought about who they're going to play in the Stanley Cup. Kind of weird. Who are they going to beat? Who are they going to beat in the conference finals? Columbus. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. It I'm is. Not sure I, I kind of hope it happens, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't think I agree with that one, but interesting. I kind of I know how it's laid out, and I understand that would a lot would have to happen for that to happen. So I can see where you disagree with that, and it's way too early to really like set my flag to the ground. And say yes, this is going to happen. But as far as oh, the yeah. wild card team goes. And this will need some explaining. Because you set teams that no one really think could win to be a wild card. You have to to also think they can actually win. Like, you can't just be like, ah, the Ottawa Senators, because we all think they'll lose. Like, you have to still believe in the team, too. I believe in the Canadians. But no one else does. I should clarify that. And just remember that no one else does. And I and I expect people will roll their eyes when I said Montreal. Probably even more when I said Arizona, but that one was mostly just for fun. Yeah, I still don't like you for that. <laughs> but my wild card pick that could go all the way, and again, splaining Edmonton Oilers. No, that pick makes a lot of sense to me. Now, a lot of people will look at Edmonton's roster and think, man, they're so loaded. They got plenty of talent, plenty of depth. They're a young team. Hopefully, Drysall can keep up the pace he was working at last season. Maybe 
McDavid can be a little bit better. We just want them to play good. And as a wild card team, and I think that's what they're going to be, I don't necessarily know if they're going to – I see them as a wild card team. It's just it's Edmonton, their culture there. I thought they had the roster to win a Stanley Cup this season, but didn't. I see them working out as a wild card team because of how they performed in the past. That could change, of course, but there they are in the wild cards. Now, your team has developed a new culture, a winning culture, hopefully, sends them through the first round, through the second, and I think you get through the first two rounds pretty easy, depending on who you play. You get to the third round, conference final, of course, and all of a sudden, you got to fight. And once you learn how to fight, I don't think you can take the gloves off of Edmonton. Unless they play unless they play Tampa Bay, in which case I have Tampa winning. Hmm. I mean I don't think it's a bad take. I think it's a little bit soon to say there's a culture of winning, but I don't think the Oilers are a bad take no, at no, all. No, no. I was saying they'd have to build it. That's what I was saying. Like they would have to build that for my take there to come true. We'll see whether or not that's something they can actually pull off, though, because so far, not so good. Yeah, with Dreisaitl and McGregor, maybe fans are expecting too much or they're expecting too little. I hate to be the the uh, bringer of bad news, but you just called the NHL's poster boy McGregor. Okay, but to be fair, you also said you think the Montreal Canadiens could win the Stanley Cup, so... To be fair, we're also predicting a cup final that's going to be a year from today. To be fair, I had six hours of sleep yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I'd say similar numbers for me, unfortunately. You're the yes, two dudes. Pod- you didn't say McGregor. We talk hockey, not sleep. I certainly don't talk boxing or wrestling or whatever. I, I don't even watch McGregor. He's just all over the media. True enough. My, be- my apologies to Conor McGregor and wait. To Connor McDavid. <laughs> I mean, technically, you're apologizing to both. Yeah, yeah. Both of them. But, <sighs> yeah, definitely. Definitely both. Not just Mc, not just McDavid. But, yeah, my, my apologies to y'all. Uh, cool. Go team. I'm glad that both of our random no-chance picks are both Canadian teams. I, you love to see that. <laughs> Oh, that brings up uh, another thing I wanted to ask you about. I was going to say this for a later date, but it's on my mind right now, and I know I'll forget it, so can I ask you? All right. Do we see Vancouver being the best Canadian team in the distant future? They might be right now, to be fully honest. I have no doubt that they are right now, to be fully honest. I'm talking about for seasons in the future. Um, as long as they're smart and they do not trade Brock Besser and JT Miller stays the way that they think he's going to stay, I see no reason why they wouldn't be. Uh, you know, there's the Thatcher Demko train, which we've all seen. Uh, Mikey DiPietro's there too in Nets. So even if, you know, Demko's a one playoff wonder, they've still got another very good goalie prospect because that's what they need. Um, you know, defensively, they got Quinn Hughes. We're still waiting for Ole Levy to be, well, anything. But there's still potential in him. They've got decent forward depth. 
if Jim Benning can put the phone down on July 1st, this team is probably the most likely to end the Canadian drought. But that's a pretty big if, because he doesn't put the phone down on July 1st, and we see Jays, Beagles, and Antoine Roussel getting four-by-four contracts. I think it's going to be them or Montreal. I'm not Toronto. I'm just not sold on Toronto being a complete enough team to rival those two. Uh, Ottawa Ottawa's such a wild card right now. They could totally mess up all of their talent, or they could be the best team in the league by far, and neither of us know. Ottawa? Well, they're just accruing so many prospects, right? I mean, you look at three to five years down the line, who knows what they're going to do. I agree with you in time, but I don't know about a next season turnaround. Oh, it's possible. Oh, no, no. No, not for Ottawa. I'm just saying, like, if we're talking three to five years, that's that's oh, sort of where I'm. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Calgary, no. Uh, Winnipeg, uh, probably not. Edmonton. <laughs> I, love your, I love your reasoning for Calgary. Like Calgary, no. Next team. They're not even a top three team right now, and it seems like they're about to trade Johnny Goudreau. That team's not getting better before they get worse. I'm sorry, it's just not happening. But James Neal, man. James Neal. Uh, yeah, but he's going to get traded. Well, actually, he's on Edmonton right now, but still. They got rid of James Neal. They got Milan Lucic in his stead. Oh, I know. I'm just saying, like, James Neal's been everywhere. I just wanted to bring him back because he was on Calgary. <laughs> I mean, we did talk about Pittsburgh for a long period of time and, you know, Nashville earlier. We could have just been shoehorning him in the whole episode if we if we knew ahead of time. But I I think it'll be most likely Vancouver or Montreal, and Ottawa could be up there. It just depends on how they handle their franchise going forward. I think as far as the seasons go, I I don't see Winnipeg. I I just don't – I see them – if they do trade Line A, complete collapse. If they don't trade him, baby collapse. Um, I think Calgary is just – and over their heads in Calgary right now. Vancouver, best team for the next few years, in my opinion. I see Toronto as third or fourth, and I see Edmonton as the second, uh, the one in between the two. We're just going to have to see, because I think it could go pretty much any direction up there in Canada right now. It's almost anybody's game if they can use their cards correctly. This is Except a- for Calgary. Uh, I I wouldn't even go that far. Calgary has some talent. If they somehow don't trade away Goudreau and instead build around him while somehow lowering cap, then maybe they can do a good job. Uh, I also, the Leafs might be the most successful Canadian team, but I don't think they'll be the best. No, no, no. I agree. Um, I think this is the Canucks time. You've heard about the bad Canucks team for year after year after year. And, yeah, they've had their ups and downs to the franchise. But this is an opportunity for them to not only just build, but excel. They don't have the star names on their team, but they have that potential that they could turn their players into those star names that you're talking about at the dinner table. You know? Uh, you could argue Pedersen. Yeah. I don't know if you'd even have to argue that. I think he's still got. I think he still needs another year to put himself in that conversation, but he's there. 
Oh, you mean right now? Yeah. Uh, That's what I mean. Like, he's not quite I there, but he's close. I don't, he's not the first guy I go to when I think of star players in Canada, but he's definitely he's definitely one of the first. He's just not yeah. the first or the second or maybe even the third. But he's, a, he's close. And that's what I'm saying. You have an opportunity in Vancouver to develop these players. And I see a bright future for them. I hope they know what they're doing. And I'm so grateful that we're not talking about the Arizona Coyotes anymore. You need the team with the brightest future. I <laughs> Barrett Barrett Hayden, sixty goal scorer consistently. Is that what I'm hearing right now? No, what you're hearing is I'm going to be finding a new <laughs> podcast partner if you're not too quiet about Arizona, bro. Arizona's my second favorite team. If yeah, like legitimately, they've always been my second favorite team. It's Pittsburgh, Arizona, Winnipeg. Not even joking. As a guy who's been out there, I'm tired of seeing Brown. Brown? Yeah, because they're in a desert. Well, actually, for what it's worth, they're in a city. But I've been out west before. You get a little tired seeing Brown. Yeah, unless it's one of their jerseys. Man, that team has nice jerseys. Oh, yes, they do. I I will hop on you about that all day long. Well, not during COVID, but I agree. Beautiful jerseys, but yeah. Wouldn't be my first place to play, but in terms of cheering on a team, I don't want to say I was cheering against Nashville, but uh, oh, you were, you absolutely I, were. Don't don't even sit there. Not and even, lie to not me even, you not were even cheering against, against Nashville. But it's not even because I dislike Nashville. It's just like I could like Arizona. They're pretty neat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was, it makes you feel any better. I was cheering against Nathan McKinnon, hometown boy here in Nova Scotia, just so that the Coyotes would win. It didn't go very well, but I tried. Well, I actually felt a little bad for you when that happened, honestly, because I did know that they were your second favorite team, and we had had conversations about that before. But I so didn't when I feel get... too bad. When I have a chance to, you know, cheer up such a successful franchise as the Coyotes and such a well-earned victory, you got to take it. Well, the way we were talking about it, we were like, our, my top two favorite teams are the Predators and the Canes. Your top two favorites are the Penguins and the Coyotes. And we got through the first round and we're like, huh, this is pretty lonely. Ah, wanna... It was not a good time. I had to cheer on Vancouver. That felt we, weird. We kind of like, but did we can, did we really pick a team to just root for together? So we wouldn't I, have these arguments, or I was kind of just like either Vancouver or Colorado because there's two Nova Scotians on Colorado, and I just like Vancouver's team. And if it wasn't one of them, I didn't care. And uh, Alex Kalorn is kind of a Nova Scotian, so I mean, I guess we got that going for us. Uh, I'm actually friends with his cousin, so that's pretty neat. I should actually shoot him a message when we're done recording here, but. I didn't really care for Tampa. It's eh, they won. Good for them. They needed it. I wish it was the Coyotes, or you know the Penguins, or you know the Predators. Eh, nah, you guys had your shot. Ah, eh, well, your GM <laughs> sucks, and I hope you don't get any sleep tonight. 
Oh, that's there's some uh, aggression on this one here. I think we need to start wrapping it down here. I think I think the length <laughs> of this podcast is getting to you. Don't listen. Don't uh, worry about it. It's all love here from the Two Dudes <laughs> Podcast. Uh, Ryan, it has been an absolute pleasure to get to break all this down with you. I, I look forward to seeing what happens in this off season. The announcements for the new season. We just we talked about this before. The bubble works, but we're going to see if they stick with that type of gameplay or if they go into home arenas. I know we have different takes on that. We won't get into it right now because we're wrapping up. But this is just for listeners to know what to look forward to the new season hopefully are they going to make any changes to a potential trade deadline who knows it's going to be really interesting to see how all this plays out and speaking of things to play out to shoehorn this in at the end uh i know glenquist will see how that plays out on his potential new team let's hope for ottawa i guess Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, hopefully we'll be able to say that for the next episode within the next yeah. week or... Call it, we'll call it a teaser. I would say seven to ten days in between episodes because it's off-season. But expect some draft coverage. You better be studying up. I know I'll have to. <laughs> I, I want to cry. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's all we got for you here today. This has been the Two Dudes Hockey Podcast. I'm Wyatt Fairman alongside Ryan Balsiver. The Two Dudes team is composed of us who your hosts, as well as our graphic designer, Abby Hewling, and our audio editor, Jason Wicker. If you'd like to check us out on social media, our Instagram is Two Dudes Hockey. We are available on many different platforms. Just go ahead, check us out. Uh, Ryan, anything else you'd like to say? No, you just about covered it all here. If you want to shoot us a message on there, we'll be sure to respond to you in a quick and timely fashion. Uh, if you want my personal, it's Ryan Pulsifer. That's P-U-L-S-I-F-E-R. And uh, I think that's everything. This has been Two Dudes Out.